on this week's episode of Let's Talk About It. We're going to give our definitive review of the movie Antebellum starring Janelle Monae. And in our Faith in Context segment, we're going to talk about being woke and Christian and finding the balance between our faith and our racial identities. Now you're here. You've joined us. Let's talk about it. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About It. I'm Malcolm Morgan. And I'm Micah Morgan. And that intro music never gets old. It never does. It never, ever does. We are joining you guys today, and we have just watched a train wreck of a a presidential debate. (laughs) It was called a few other things. Yes, that we will not repeat. Uh, And we will not even do analysis on it. Mm -mm. Y'all just please vote. I was going to say pray. If you're a praying person, yes. pray and, <laughs> and vote. vote. Please do both. We won't tell you how, but yeah, just vote. Ooh. Wow. So, mm. Mike, how are you doing? Oh, um, <laughs> honestly, honestly, I'm a bit disoriented mm. after watching what we watched. <laughs> so right now I'm just, you know, I'm trying to use my coping behaviors, mm-hmm. you know, recenter myself That's good. to the present. That's good. How are you doing, Mr. Morgan? I am tired. Mm. I'm so tired. Wow. Well, I'm you so know, glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here, too. <laughs> so for those of you that, that well, you wouldn't know, but, you know, me and Micah don't get to spend a lot of time each, with each other during the day. No. So um, this is a chance for us to talk to you guys but it's also a chance for us to talk to each other indeed, <laughs> and check in with each other um so yeah um this week mm. we did something for you guys we watched antebellum so you don't have to you can just listen to us talk about it you know or you could also watch it. <laughs> i don't want to get in the habit of telling our listeners no, what to do no 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 we'll give you we'll give you um we're gonna give you our review of the movie antebellum starring janelle monae I was really excited when I initially saw the trailer for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it came out digital only and I saw the price tag, mm. I was like, the I can wait. It changed a little bit. I can wait. <laughs> and then I was talked into purchasing. It was or not, me. Excuse me, not purchasing, renting the movie. Um, and so the deal that I struck was if we do that, then we need to talk about it on the podcast. So we watched the movie twice. We did, didn't we? We watched the movie twice, A, to get our, our money's worth. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Of that $20 price tag. And B, to be able to talk to you guys about it and let you know mm-hmm. what we saw, how we felt. And mm. then our, I'll give my recommendation about whether or not you should watch the movie. I don't know if Michael will, but I will. And then Michael will give her rating of the movie. Because <laughs> I always ask him for ratings. I'm really bad at ratings. I, I don't know if I I'm good know. at ratings. You're good at ratings. Mm. You are. Um, all right, Micah. So let's get the conversation started. What is Antebellum about? Wow, that is a hard question to answer without spoilers. Um, I will say that Antebellum is about a um, public figure named Veronica mm-hmm. um, who has spent a lot of time. And, and by the way, there will be spoilers. So I don't. 
if you haven't seen it. Oh, we're not avoiding spoilers. We can. But it's kind of hard. Yeah, I don't know if we could really talk about the movie and not yeah. give it a little bit. We'll try not Spoiler to. Spoiler alert. We're not going to go minute by minute of the movie, but there will be some spoilers in this. So if you're looking forward to the movie or you don't like spoilers. Fast forward. Fast forward a little <laughs> bit until the end where we tell you whether or not to watch it. Yes. Um, so Veronica, she is a public figure of the black community. She's done a lot of research. She's written a book on what it looks like to, oh, what was it called? To, oh, something like disposing the, of the, the, the coping, uh, the coping persona or something uh-huh. like that, which I thought was a very interesting title. Mm-hmm. Um, but she ends up getting, she ends up somehow in this. <laughs> Watching me try to explain this without the spoilers is it's pretty It's so amazing. hard. Um, <laughs> she ends up in in an area mm-hmm. on, a, on a plot of land mm, that probably. is ruled by people who are still living in slave time, still mm. espousing slavery. Mm-hmm. And she plots an escape. Mm-hmm. And so most of the movie, you are watching the process of her replanning. What we find out is another escape. There's been other attempts Mm -hmm. before she actually successfully escapes. Um, And and the directors and screenwriters overlay that process Mm -hmm. with her life before ending up in this bizarre situation. (laughs) And it's, it's a very... So Malcolm said earlier that he was looking forward to it since seeing the trailer. Mm -hmm. I, however, was not because I didn't want another slave movie. Mm -hmm. I just for me, Mm -hmm. I don't want to force anyone to, you know, change their Mm -hmm. preferences. But I just didn't think we needed another slave movie. Mm But then once I heard that there was a twist, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I need to see what this twist is mm-hmm. going to be. Yeah. So I hope that is a <laughs> a helpful synopsis yes. of the movie without giving away too much. Yeah, I uh, I, I had a feeling that the, the slave imagery that we saw in the trailer, I was hoping that it was some sort of dream sequence or something that was connecting different elements of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you start off the movie, they spent a lot of time in that to start. And so a um, lot of immediately I was like, okay, this is not quite what I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. um, from the jump. Um, and, and so that kind of put me into place to start off the movie. I'm like, okay, we're really sitting in this slave situation a lot longer. Because like you, I really don't want to watch any more slave movies. Like, we know how it goes. I, we know how we, yes, mm-hmm. it was, I, I just, I don't, I don't need that imagery anymore. No. Amistad was enough. Like. It really was. Roots was enough. <laughs> Like what else? Years of slave. What else are you gonna show me that we haven't already? Seen? Right. Yeah. Um, so to to the point of this movie, it wasn't. It's not a historical movie. They're not showing um, history. No, they are not. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about our feelings. Let's first talk about our first watch and then our second watch of the movie. Yeah. So I will say the first time we watched the movie, I left very disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I left scratching my head, wondering what did I just watch. Was that even worth mercy? It was. It was. It was. It was rough to get through. It was. Um, there is a twist, which we will try very hard not to give away. Mm-hmm. Which I I would like to give my wife credit. She predicted the twist pretty early on. Yeah. Yeah, and it was. 
I don't know if I hope they didn't want to give it away that easily, mm-hmm. but it was pretty easy to see the twist. And mm-hmm. I'll just end with that. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the reason we both left the first watch disappointed mm-hmm. um, was because our standards were set pretty high yeah. thanks to the new Pelian genre <laughs> that we've been introduced to <laughs> with, um, you know, Get Out mm-hmm. and Us. I think, I'll, I'll be honest, they were throwing around Jordan Peele's name mm-hmm. um, for some of the advertisement of the movie. And I was like, oh, okay, we're going to get another. But he wasn't attached to this he movie. He wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't. And so I think I got bamboozled a little bit mm-hmm. by that. I was like, okay, okay. I needed a little bit more Jordan Peele in my life. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and put down the money for this. But it did not live up to mm-hmm. that standard. And I think it was because the complexity that we were looking for with some of the imagery and the metaphors. Um, I wouldn't say that, that that was there and we'll hopefully talk a little bit Mm -hmm. about some of those. Yeah. After the first watch, I think we both kind of had the same reaction of, all right, if we're, if we're putting it on this level of a get out or an us or a Jordan Peele type of movie, it Mm -hmm. didn't quite reach that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so upon the second watch, Mm -hmm. we did notice a little bit more of the nuance in the story. Um, there were some things that on the second watch, I was looking for things that telegraphed the, the twist, the twist. Yeah. Um, and man, without, I can't really talk about that without giving away parts of the movie. Maybe we should talk about maybe just a couple. Okay. Cause we already told our listeners okay. there would be spoilers. Yes. Uh, but what? Which one? That's the, thing. <laughs> That's the question. Oh, so there's, see. there's, there's parts in the movie um, like we said, we start off kind of with this in this slave environment, and then we get that overlaid with Janelle Monae's present life. Mm-hmm. And there's so many lines that she says in the present life that connect um, to things that are happening in the slave story. It's almost to the point of like overkill, like overkill. Mm, yes. We're trying to make a little bit of a point here. Are you uh, thinking of the monologue with the daughter? Yes, that's one. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it. Man, we're we're gonna have to give it we're away. Have to give it away. So there's a there's a moment in this in the in one of the slave scenes when they're out um, picking cotton, and mind you, we're they're giving us the idea that this is during slave times, and they start whistling the black national anthem, mm-hmm. which I noticed <laughs> the first time, and the second time through, I want I was just doing a check. I was like, Micah, did you hear that? And she said, what? I was like, did you hear the song? The worst? She said, yeah. And we kind of kept going through the scene. I was like, they're whistling, lift every voice. He said, she's like, oh, I didn't even notice yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't notice it at first. And I'm like, obviously that song would not have existed. Did not exist. During slave times. Nope. So when it happened the first time, I didn't want to believe that the twist was the twist. Micah was all in from the beginning that I was, I was really hoping it was something else. <laughs> I think we I think we broke. I was hoping that I was wrong <laughs> because the the twist was a bit too shallow of mm-hmm. a message, I think. Mm-hmm. Um I think it wouldn't be fair not to say what I think the mess one of the messages was, which is that the the possession of black bodies that happened in slave times is still happening today. 
um, I think the way that the, the screenwriters and the directors communicated that message was just not as nuanced as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, with Get Out, we had a very similar message that the possession of bodies of color mm-hmm. is still happening. Yeah. But the way that they communicated that message was a lot more nuanced and had a bit more creativity. So, mm-hmm. but yes, definitely hearing the anthem being whistled. Mm -hmm. And then also there was a moment where they start burning the cotton Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, well you're thinking about slave times. This was literally their, like their product that they're, Mm -hmm. you know, the reason why they had slaves, why would you be burning it? And so the first time we watched it, I saw them do it, but I didn't really like connect it to the fact that Mm -hmm. like, Oh, this is, this is not actually, yeah. you know, back in the back in the day. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there were some of the telegraphing. Mm-hmm. I do think. I do think there was some interesting messaging when it came to who ended up on this plot of land mm-hmm. and in this yeah. bizarre situation. Right. Yeah. So you've got. Veronica, who is an intellectual leader of the black community. Mm-hmm. And you also had this other character who I believe Veronica just referred to as professor. Mm-hmm. So he's another intellectual thought leader. Mm-hmm. And so you begin to, as you're watching, think about how valuable these particular bodies, yeah. people of color were mm-hmm. and why Elizabeth and her father, um, went to such lengths yeah. to get them and kidnap them mm-hmm. and bring them to this area. It, it makes us think about how valuable our thought leaders are in the mm-hmm. black community. They, they help us to understand and put language to the oppression that continues to happen. The, the oppression that has happened, they're extremely valuable. And so why wouldn't, you know, the, the white characters in this movie have wanted to possess them mm-hmm. and, disenfranchise them so i thought that was i thought that was a worthwhile message Mm -hmm. um, because it makes you it then lends to the idea that like oh we really need to covet and protect our our thought leaders of color because they are being sought after to be destroyed and and Mm -hmm. silenced yeah absolutely um you really looked at um so some of the other positives from the movie that i saw were um, Gabby Sidibe, who many people know from Precious, I think she really shined in her oh, role in yes. this movie as as a lot of comedic relief. Mm-hmm. Relief, uh, she played kind of, I guess, the best friend of Janelle Monae's character Veronica. Um, but also one of the missed opportunities I think in the movie was this: they had a three three way interaction between Gabby's character mm-hmm. and Janelle's character veronica and a, and a white female character where they could have done some really cool not i don't want to say cool but really interesting things with the cross-racial dynamics in a public space and they really left it on the table and they did and i was really disappointed because those scenes had so much potential they did and there were some little moments where you started to see it um and then they just kind of didn't follow through with it. Yeah. And I think they tried it. I think mm-hmm. they tried it in two specific moments, right? Mm-hmm. So there was the moment where the waitress, uh, <laughs> who Gabby loudly called, yeah. it was it was so wonderful. And I think there were so Thanks, many. Becky! Was, <laughs> just like the whole restaurant <laughs> heard 
Gabby rightfully mocking this waitress for putting them in this corner at this extremely small table. Where there's all these empty tables. Around. All these empty tables. And, and, and people of color know, know the mm-hmm. game, right? Like we've, uh, many of us have had that experience where we come with a group and you see tables that are majority white or all white out in the open. They've got great seating and you stick us in the back. In the and, corner booth with no one sitting to either side of you. Right. And you pass six empty tables on the way into the restaurant. Exactly. <laughs> and so Gabby uses her her voice, mm-hmm. uses her power, mm-hmm. and she demands that <laughs> yeah. she get a better seat. And I... Like that moment was so triumphant and so delicious mm-hmm. and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it fell flat. Like I think mm-hmm. there was more that they could have done yeah. to highlight some of those microaggressions that, that black people, yeah. people of color deal with every day. Mm-hmm. And then there was a second moment where the three women were discussing how the service at their hotel mm-hmm. had been. Yep. And you see Janelle Monet's character and Gabby's character talking about how their room wasn't clean right and you know the service at the front at the at the in the lobby wasn't wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And their white friend is like, hmm, that's odd. Mm-hmm. I haven't had any trouble. My service has been awesome. Mm-hmm. And there was just a brief moment where the two women of color look at each other and you can see that they both agree that okay, yeah, her service is great because she's white. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do anything else Nothing. with it. Nothing. They just got the kind of got the glance and then the scene moved on and I was like Really? Come on. <laughs> now granted, I think I think the director and the screenwriter were correct in that we, the audience of color knew what was going on. Like we didn't need much. Mm -hmm. The look that they shared was enough Mm -hmm. for us to get the whole conversation. But I think the conversation needed to be a bit longer. You know, if you're having this movie, if you're making this movie, that's making statements about the racial climate in America, talk about it, you know, pull it out a little bit more. Yeah. I think another interesting scene and we talked about this was the uh zoom i guess it was a i don't want to brand it as a zoom call but the video call <laughs> yeah. between gabby and this person who's just who veronica. she believes veronica that she believes is interested in her work mm-hmm. um and just kind of the clues that she's putting out that she's not she does not have good intentions not at all whether she's talking about the play date oh your daughter would be a great play date for, by the way this is a black woman Janelle talking to a white woman mm-hmm. oh your daughter would be a great playmate we should set up a play date oh yeah oh I'm a headhunter yikes um, all of these things so back to what you were talking about earlier with the type of people that were in, in this situation on this plantation they were specifically targeting people that had a voice mm-hmm. um, and even later on in the movie you see an instance where the kind of the ringleader is on the phone with somebody saying oh, if they keep talking they're going to be next something yeah. to that effect um, and so those are the people being targeted for this situation to essentially try to break them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, that's a terminology that is commonly used in slave movies mm-hmm. um, and is used a lot in this is we're going to break you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these are people that have the intellect, the information, the knowledge to help uplift a community. And so mm-hmm. those are the people that are targeted and put, put in this situation where they're trying to kill and break them at every opportunity that they can have they can take yeah um so that that section of the movie i was looking specifically for clues and there was a lot of clues there a lot of clues in the dialogue between them um Mm -hmm. as to where the movie was kind of going so um anything else i cinematically i thought it looked 
great. Yeah, the it director did, great. They did an made, amazing job. They made great choices with lighting, with camera shots, camera angles. Um, the the opening shot yes. was a continuous Just shot. Beautiful. It was. It was. In I really hope that our viewers don't hear that like oh we just thought this movie was terrible mm-hmm. it, it it wasn't i think it just left much to be mm-hmm. desired yeah however the, i think the acting was good mm-hmm. the the director made excellent choices with the shots mm-hmm. the, the colors i mean yeah. it, it just visually mm-hmm. it was really great i think kind of like we've already highlighted the script left just a little bit more to be desired in terms of nuance and like what kind of metaphors and messages mm-hmm. they were pulling out to add to mm-hmm. the racial conversation. Um, but I wonder if it would be helpful to end our conversation with answering the question, what, what did this movie add mm-hmm. or, t- or contribute to the racial conversation in America? Cause I think when we see these movies, I think many of us go into it, asking that question like of course Mm -hmm. we want to be entertained but we also want to know okay what is this movie saying Mm -hmm. that either affirms or refutes you know the the ideas that are being thrown around about what it means to be a person of color Mm -hmm. in america and so one of the answers that comes to mind on top of the one we talked about already in terms of coveting and protecting our people of color who are our thought leaders mm-hmm. is, you know, there really is value in, um, I think there really is value in seeing malicious intent mm. for what it is. Mm-hmm. I think, I think in the movie, there were some moments where Ver- Veronica was feeling you know, kind of safe. You know, there was mm-hmm. a, there was a moment where she didn't check to see if, if her Uber driver was mm-hmm. the person that um, that it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, I think it's sad that people of color have to live in this kind of constant state of alert. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this movie, you saw, unfortunately, the consequences of letting your guard down mm-hmm. and assuming positive intent mm-hmm. and. I think that is one thing that, that this movie did add to the conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of sad that that is still the case, but I think it, it really is. Yeah. Um, man. Something that just came to my mind just now as you were kind of talking is where, what, what can we reasonably expect? Mm. How do we reasonably expect people white people in particular to respond to our needs our concerns the things that worry us the things that yikes that make us afraid like what is the reasonable response these people's response to veronica whose stance doesn't really seem to be anti-white in any way no not even remotely hostile hostile or talking down she has white friends in the movie right Mm -hmm. um she is really looking at it from understanding the psyche of people that have gone through racial trauma mm-hmm. um, and helping people to understand why that exists and how to get through that. Right. And that is seen as hostile. Yeah. And so if at any level of black intellectualism, just the thought process and the, and the ability to help us as a community cope with the surrounding, with the racial 
issues surrounding us every day is seen as hostile, then what can we reasonably expect to be the benefit of having these conversations cross racially? Yikes. It's, I mean, as, as people who do this work pretty regularly are involved in cross racial spaces, it's a scary thing to think about because are you having these conversations in good faith? Are people coming to it saying, I'm willing to accept what you are afraid of. I'm willing to accept the trauma that you've been through Mm. and not see it as a detriment to me in some way. Yeah. Um, So that's, I think that's a question that can be brought up by the subject matter of this movie is, um, I mean, what can we reasonably expect as a, as a result of having these conversations? Yeah. Wow. And of course, the plantation or the what did it end up being it was a i don't remember oh it was like a uh, like a reenactment field mm-hmm, yeah for so it was a civil war reenactment yeah civil war reenactment field that is of course a metaphor and it it's it captures the um it doesn't capture the norm it mm-hmm. it, it captures the extreme so mm-hmm. that you get a response right, right. so we're not saying, oh my goodness, all white people are right. the way that the white people in the movie are. That's mm-hmm. absolutely not what we're saying. But mm-hmm. but we are saying the movie raises questions about how to pro- how to protect ourselves mm-hmm. as people of color as we embark on this work mm-hmm. of achieving racial equity yeah. and socioeconomic equity as well in this country. Mm-hmm. And it also raises questions about what we can expect when we engage in this work from white people who are, you know, either receiving what we're saying or Mm -hmm. engaging in the dialogue. And so I think what this movie adds to the racial conversation is it keeps those questions going. Mm -hmm. It really does leave you asking some really good questions. and, Mm -hmm. And that's important. I think if we were to rate this movie based on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say a solid seven out of 10 mm-hmm. that it really did keep that energy going. Keeps, keeps the, the thoughtfulness in mm-hmm. the conversation. Um, but yeah, Malcolm, would you like to tell us whether you <laughs> recommend that we spend the money to watch it, mm-hmm. wait until it comes out? What do you think? I would say, that you should watch the movie for the movie is it's an extremely well done movie yeah some of the writing uh, is a little uh, the acting overall is is pretty strong very um yeah. i think it's worth it for the conversation but you ha- also have to consider the audience um of who's watching it you're going to have to dig deeper than you would with a lot of other movies like a get out or something like that to, to find the deeper meaning. And it's, it's going to take some deconstruction and some conversation. Yeah. Um, it's not going to, you're not gonna be able to watch it from the surface and be like, Oh, I got, I got it all. It's going to take some time. Um, so go into that understanding, but I think it's a good conversation piece. It's a good place for discussion to start. It doesn't solve any problems. No, (laughs) it It doesn't doesn't make any, any, you know, grandiose, calls to action yeah Yeah, it's not that kind of movie Mm -hmm. um but even if you don't go into it for the imagery the Mm -hmm. deeper message it's entertaining you know um yeah so overall we recommend that you watch it we do we hope that this conversation is 
a starter for you, feel mm-hmm. free to, you know, continue that conversation mm-hmm. on social media. But yeah, we appreciate you listening to our, our antebellum first, thoughts. Our first movie review. Indeed. There will be there will be more. There will be more. Some movies that you will that we will enjoy and some of them we will not. <laughs> we will make sure that we talk to you about it. Indeed. So to close out the podcast today, we're gonna talk about in our faith in context. Talk about something mm. that seems, especially on Twitter, it, sh- it seems to be a constant battle, and that's being woke and being a Christian. Yes. It seems like now more than ever, those things are on the opposite sides of of the fence, mm-hmm. whether it's ch- churches and religious leaders completely rejecting critical race theory as as Marxism <laughs> of the highest order. Mercy. Um, or churches are completely rejecting racial issues as political. Mm-hmm. As black Christians, it's tough to be woke and Christian because woke is seen as a very negative thing. It can be. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think what I've noticed is a lot of the conversation about what it means to be woke doesn't include, you know, what what we think God's heart is mm-hmm. for how people of different races and cultures yeah. should treat one another. Like it's, it's usually portrayed as a strictly secular, strictly political, strictly social conversation. Mm-hmm. And so when we're thinking about the balance between being woke and being Christian, I think the first question we need to ask is does, does God care mm-hmm about what race you are mm-hmm. and what your experience in this world is based upon your race. I would say that he does mm-hmm. because there's there's a lot of oppression and suffering that happens strictly because of your racial experience. Mm-hmm. And the God that I've come to know in scripture is a God whose heart breaks yeah. when he sees that people are being mistreated and Mm -hmm. that injustices are being continually just fueled by governments and by structures and systems. Like those things break God's heart. Um, We see that he freed an entire people from the oppressor, the, the ideal oppressor Pharaoh, Mm -hmm. Because the oppression that they were experiencing broke his heart. It wasn't it wasn't just mm-hmm. for them to suffer the way that they were just because of their ethnic background. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it breaks my heart to see that the conversation is flattened so much mm-hmm. that there's there doesn't seem to be much room mm-hmm. to welcome that element of like, okay, well well, does God care? Yeah. That people are still experiencing suffer, you know, they're still suffering strictly because of mm-hmm. how they look. And I don't think anyone could answer that question. No, yeah. reasonably, but a lot of people do try to. Yeah. Yeah. I, what was the, the scripture we did that, that study on for, um, <laughs> for that? I'm sorry. Oh I'm my. putting you on the spot. Yes. I was hoping that you would just remember Cause I don't. Um, that we did the study on about changing tastes. Um, oh, Acts 10. Acts 10. Yeah. And so we looked at that example of the story where people were saved for the first time in the, in the recorded 
history that they were saved. They weren't asked to convert from being a Gentile to being a Jew in order to be saved. Mm -hmm. They were able to be saved as Gentiles and still keep their tradition, still keep their Mm -hmm. ethnic identity. Um, And I think that's an important point in the scripture to look at. Look, God is asking us to come as we are and as we are is unique. Yeah. We don't have to be a monolith. We don't have to come in and get rid of our racial identities because of it. Now, God redeems all of those things mm-hmm. um, and God takes all of those things into his kingdom. But he does not require you to pass the litmus test of now you must be nothing. Right. <laughs> you are now only Christian. All other identities are, 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 null, dis- and void. are null and void. <laughs> yeah. And, I, you know, we look at. What is that? Revelation seven and nine, mm-hmm. where we get this beautiful image of people of all races, tongues, ethnic backgrounds, genders, tribes, mm-hmm. worshiping God together. Yeah. And it begs the question, this scripture begs the question, why mention that there were different tribes yeah. and peoples if if that isn't valuable to God? Or why mention them if they don't still exist as their distinct mm-hmm different you know cultural presentations and i would say the answer is because god doesn't want them to disappear Mm -hmm. there's something beautiful about what's different about us and god still wants that even after he's redeemed all of creation he still keeps those things alive Mm -hmm. and so the question of being woke then Mm -hmm. becomes you know, are we, and I think this is a valuable question. Mm-hmm. Are we elevating our commitment to our racial experience above mm-hmm. our commitment to following Jesus? Yeah. And that is, that is a very valid question. Mm-hmm. I would say that it's getting answered in a very faulty way, which mm-hmm. is that those two things should be like mutually exclusive. Like they should not exist in the same place. And I think it's just a matter of priority Mm -hmm. Um, that when we say we are Christian, we say that we follow Jesus and the way that we follow Jesus as people who are co-laborers in the redeeming work of Christ is that we work to undo the injustices that people of color experience as the result of their racial experience. Mm -hmm. Like that can be a part of and is a part of Mm -hmm. the redeeming work that we join Jesus in. And when you think of it in that way, being woke is a part of being Christian. Yeah. It's not either or. Yeah. Yeah. I think to say that, you know, if we are to break down the definition of woke in this context it's being aware of mm-hmm. the, the systemic racism in our society and also being aware of macro and microaggressions that are happening on a daily basis and being able to point out and call out those things yeah and i think a lot of people look at look at that as sowing discontent well why can't mm. you just be happy why can't you just and none of this negates the fact that god is good god is faithful and god is trustworthy takes nothing away from the fact that God died, that Jesus died for our sins Mm -hmm. and rose again on the third day. It takes away none of that, but it is the ability to look at situations, Mm -hmm. look at 
um, interactions, look at systems and be mm-hmm. able to critique and openly see the things that are wrong with them, to see the cracks in the veneer, if you will. Yeah. And none of that takes away from our faith and our ability to fully trust in God to ultimately redeem all of those things. Mm-hmm. Yet there's still work for us as humans to do here to bring God's kingdom to Absolutely. earth. I think, I think that's where we get lost. We think that that is some sort of knock on God as the sovereign Lord <laughs> Yeah, by pointing out <laughs> the things that are wrong. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think you bring up an extremely important point and I, I, I think it's important to acknowledge that, that the people who, um, push back against the commitment to be woke and Christian, that they're usually not doing it because they're like, they, they overtly don't like people of color. Mm -hmm. It's usually out of a genuine desire to, honor God, mm-hmm. right? And to acknowledge God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's exactly what you said, that in doing that, a lot of people become afraid that if we acknowledge that things aren't as they should be, mm-hmm. then they're somehow saying that God isn't good enough or mm-hmm. that he hasn't, he hasn't done everything, yeah. you know, that, that he said that, he will or has done. Mm-hmm. And so then that raises questions about, well, what do you believe about what God has done? Yeah. Are you someone who believes that he is still in the process of redeeming creation mm-hmm. through the work of the spirit? Or are you someone who believes that once Jesus, you know, triumphed over sin and death, that mm-hmm. everything was perfect from that moment on. Right. And that is a very loaded question mm-hmm. that we cannot. Answer. We absolutely will not. <laughs> We will time. not attempt that, but but I think it's important to acknowledge that the question of whether you believe it is okay to be woke in Christian is also a question of what you believe God has done mm. and is doing. Yeah, and a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that those two things are associated and attached, but but they are. Mm-hmm. You know, when you say that no, you can't acknowledge that oppression is still happening. Mm-hmm. But yet you have people, you know, in, in the next suburb over or the next section of the of the community over that have a completely different experience than yeah. you bec- based on their color of skin. It's like, OK, which one is false, mm-hmm. you know? And so I just want to call out a scripture that I, I always think about this scripture when I think about wokeness and mm-hmm. it's Isaiah 5 and 20. And, and Isaiah is just, he's, he's calling things as they are, you know, he's saying in verse 18, woe to those who drag iniquity with cords of deceit mm-hmm. and pull sin along with cart ropes to those who say, let him hurry up and do his work quickly so that he can see it. Mm-hmm. Let the plan of the Holy one of Israel take place so that we can know it. And then here's verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet Mm. and sweet for bitter. He's talking about, he's calling out people who exploit others, right? In in verse 18 and 19, but then he's calling out people who just overtly call things something other than what they are Mm -hmm. in verse 20. And he's alluding to this as an injustice in and of itself. That when we refuse to name things as they are, 
we're gaslighting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so being woke is also a way to rectify that, mm-hmm. to rectify an American history that has, has consisted of gaslighting entire groups of people, of yeah. saying that you are not people worthy of the same justice that other people are based on your skin and that you are not good enough. You are not worthy enough based on your skin. Like you're, you're calling people as they aren't. Mm -hmm. And so when you are woke, you are joining in the work of Isaiah by saying, no, we're going to, we're going to call evil, evil and good, good, because that is the work of the (laughs) Lord is speaking the truth about what things are. And so I get really, as you can probably hear, passionate about this because it's not fair Mm -hmm. that for hundreds of years we have been telling people that you are not worthy of love and justice and freedom and just because of what you look like. Yeah. That's, that's not of God. Yeah. I don't think I need to add anything (laughs) to that. We could talk about this for a really long time. This could be, Mm. A conference. It really is. And it has been. <laughs> and it has been. And it will be again. Um, but we'd love to hear what you, how you feel about this topic. Yes. Um, so join the conversation. Use the hashtag at Talk About It Podcast um, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you social, social media, use that hashtag. And you can also tag us in it. Yes. Um, on Twitter, I am at Malcolm M Music and Micah at Spoken Worship. And again, those hashtags are hashtag Talk About It Podcast and or Talk About It Pod. So we will be looking for those hashtags. We love to continue these conversations from the podcast. Mm-hmm. But of course, as we say in all of our other podcasts, we want this to be civil, yes. kind dialogue. My block ministry <laughs> is strong. It's strong. <laughs> it, there's one member of the block ministry, and it is me. Indeed. And I will blickety blickety block. <laughs> all right, Micah, let's give the people a review of what we talked about today. A review. So today we talked about our thoughts on the movie Antebellum. Mm, and yes. so we, we talked about some of the imagery, the messages, ultimately what the movie adds to the conversation about race in America. And ultimately we invited you to go watch it. We do recommend that you watch Absolutely. it. If you've got the money to drop to rent it, <laughs> please do. You know, I do think it is a way to support the, um, the screenwriter who mm-hmm. is a man of color. And then mm-hmm. of course, Jan- Janelle Monet. And we also talked about today what it means to be woke and Christian. And those are not conflicting ideologies. They are not. That is what we think. And we would love to hear what you think as well. Yeah. So make sure you use that hashtag at talk about it podcast. Excuse me. Hashtag talk about it podcast. We want to make sure that you guys are joining the conversation, whether it's with us or with your friends, your neighbors, your partners, just your followers. And when you listen to this podcast, please share it with people in your network. Yes, We'd love to see other people enjoying this conversation and being a part of this. Um, so that's it. This is episode two, you guys. Of, hey. of Let's talk about it. Um, it's, Malcolm Morgan and Micah Morgan and we hope to see you guys again real soon on the let's talk about it podcast